Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible. To them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. The corporate world transitioned quickly to working from home and endless video chats when the pandemic struck. The transition for our healthcare system, while keeping patients at the forefront, was much more complex. How did our clinicians manage to keep hospitals open and functioning for those who needed them, meet the potential demands of COVID surges, and transition care safely where possible? While I would say dedication and a little creativity, I'll defer to them. So this is way back in August 2020. So I had to pause and think, what are the major issues to solve for us at THHS? Let's just solve the issues in our house first. The first one was, who is the best person to select a mask? It, should it be me, who I know what mask I like? Should it be an experienced fit tester who can choose what mask they think is right for you? Or should it be a different, smarter, artificial intelligence-based process? So we did the research around all of that. The second question was around mask wastage. How many masks shall we use in a non-COVID setting to get the correct mask fit tested for a given participant? How will we track this? What do we do if the fitted mask is no longer available, an issue which is current even now? And I, I was hoping someone up the organization, up the you know, state level, national level, international level is thinking along those lines. And turns out the process had started, but everyone was in a panic mode trying to, you know, gear up the systems. Bit what Keith said earlier, when there was a pause, all the systems were trying to gear in. So this was one element that we focused on. So our phase one study was actually testing the proof of concept, and we decided to limit it to the Townsville Hospital HHS. So we looked into the research and technical know-how. We had the question, can we convince people to do it? I will everyone think we are crazy to do this. And then I went, what if we don't do it? Uh, what if we just do and just wait for somebody else to do it as so happens and then we follow that? Will I then feel happy that I, even though I knew in the back of my mind what needs to be done, I did not really proceed onwards. So it took a while and then I got a conviction that we must do it and, and we did a phone call. And the phone call was to our exec and also to Queens and Health, and lucky for us that they trusted us. But we, we had a method to it. We obviously applied for research and ethics to do the whole project. We also uh, invited the University of Queensland to give us the technical know-how in terms of the facial recognition using artificial intelligence. And then we had buy-in from the Department of Health who then supported us with some more funds to get this underway. So the AI concept is very simple. You know, a human ma mind can only recognize certain aspects of the face. Like somebody, if you have seen me, somebody here commented, I look like Bruno Mars, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we all, we all go into an observational pattern. Whereas the AI, AI will depersonalize it and look at facial points 
and then just try and remember that and then ma match your facial characteristic against the mask fitting data. So very, very simple concept. So this is an example copy of a consent form where you can see the photograph has been cons converted into a biometric profile. And this was our data at the end of February 2021. By then we had done about 900 participants. We found that 14% of our population did not have any masks that fitted them and that was out of 11 different masks that were made available to us. And just on that point, we were the first HHS to have thought and done this. And we were the first HHS that got all the masks that were available to Queensland Health to test out. And there were a couple of brands which we quickly tested and fed back to central procurement saying they are of no use. And that possibly led to savings in the tune of millions of dollars because then the other HHS did not go and buy them. Also, what we found that out of the 2,000 odd fit tests that we did, we dropped our mask wastage from four masks when we started to down to two masks. Big saving in, in the era where PP masks are not e easily available. Things were changing. In a research project, an ideal research project, you want to have the data that is constant. Whereas what we were dealing with is a constant change in the data that we could produce. Like when we first started, we had four or five masks that were available down the line. A few other masks came on board, etc. So it was quite difficult to keep the authenticity of the study really pristine, as you might see in a medical paper. However, we proceeded to continue because this was just a proof of concept project. So what we found was that with the AI, we can look at something called as rank one accuracy. So rank one accuracy is that if the first mask that somebody picks up is to be correct, what is the accuracy? And that came at 53%. Our experienced fit tester, he's an occupational hygienist. He's worked for Sun Metals Refinery in Townsville for 10 years, and he's been doing this all the time. He was coming accurate at 39%. The rank two accuracy is guessing a correct mask in two guesses. And as you can see, the data shows that the rank one accuracy has been around 53%. The rank two accuracy is around 70 to 82%. So something we felt was really worthwhile pursuing because clearly it can give us answers. And this is where we then partnered with eHealth and we developed this tool which is available only on QH intranet. And you may ask why. I think a lot of us are worried about data privacy. We don't want our photos on the front page of any newspaper. I certainly didn't want mine to be the person who leaked out the QH health workers data on the, on the internet and I just couldn't live with it. So we worked very hard in terms of data privacy. So this tool currently uh, has got the same standards of security as would be when you log in through your novel username and password. What you see there is a photograph of Tom Cruise and what the AI has done is picked up what mask will fit him. So what I might do without saying much, I'll just move on to the next one, which is a video. This is the fit testing process currently, including the AI. So the reason to show this video here is one of the difficulties we had is when we approached HHS outside us and we said, oh, look, this is a project that will really help us to, you know, help with efficiency, standardization, et cetera, et cetera. They all said, oh, we don't have time. This is research. It's just too much. We proved that it took an extra one and a half minute per participant per mask to actually get it done. And, and this has been the challenge for us to get everyone engaged to come on board because at the end of the day, we have one state. And at the end of the day, we need to be one nation as well. So where are we now? So in phase two, we are aiming to achieve statewide operational scalability. Uh, in terms of research and technicals, we, we are currently partnering, partnering with Griffiths University and eHealth to be able to ingest and analyze data 
for up to at least 100,000 participants at a time. We can actually expand that even more. We have got data privacy reassurance. We have actually demonstrated this to the major unions in Queensland Health who have actually looked at it and said, yes, we believe what you're saying, that, your data would, uh, that the data of people won't be leaked out. There's been a lot of work in the background around leadership and organization. There has to, has, uh, has to have been constant advocacy through statewide PPE working group, which I thank uh, Alex for. We have presented to the COVID safety leadership forum, to the CRG groups, we have presented to GPs, we've presented to all kinds of people who have a say in how things should happen and how the governance structure should work. We are continuing to build partnership and collaboration. We are partnered with COVID surety division in the phase two. We are building in HR capabilities and we have now received expression of interest from 11 different HHS, Queensland Ambulance Service, University student bodies, Marta Brisbane, and even New South Wales Health. And New South Wales Health currently basically asked, do you have the product ready? We want it now, we wasted 50,000 masks. Of those 50,000 masks, 20,000 masks are no longer available. So all the fit tests that were done are of no use and they don't have the time and capacity and space to do them again. So where this has evolved is that we have now developed a multi-level AI platform using the Microsoft Azure services, which QH is subscribed to. And essentially, this will lie in the cloud. A participant will walk in, a photograph will be taken, and bing, it'll just recommend which masks to be used. So the idea is that it becomes a really good triaging tool. It cannot replace an ex existing fit test. However, if your participant is working in a high-risk environment, then we highly recommend that they undergo a proper fit test before they walk into the ICU. And this is really, really important because it takes about 30 minutes to do a proper fit test. And then you add on to that the booking time, and you add on to that the time a nurse unit manager has to give to leave that, to allow that person to leave off the floor. And then you add on to that the geography of our state. Then you add on to that how many fit test machines are available. So thank you for the presentation. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.